Hey guys, again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our show. And if you love what you see, and I know you do, please rate, review, and subscribe. It would mean so much to us. Yeah, it absolutely means the world to us. Helps us get out to a wider audience. Really just capture more people that we can help you with this show. Again, you're getting value. Check us out. Thank you again. So grateful to you. Excited to be back. Excited to be with you. <laughs> you know what? Well, why don't we try that again? We got we got a do-over, right? Okay, sure. Hey, live, live has do-overs. <laughs> Welcome again to, as you can see, we haven't had enough coffee. So this is my second cup of coffee. So welcome to the second cup of coffee with Jason and Peely. We're so happy to be here. Yeah, this has been great. <laughs> Lots happening today. We've got some happy kids outside. Really nice weather outside. Looks like uh, there's some hard choices in front of people choosing whether or not to, to get back going, get back started, get back moving. Um, some places are starting to slowly open up. Hopefully, we're having less people sick, less people affected. Um, but we're just we're just excited to see so much going on, and just a lot of the positivities that's being put out out there by so many other people has been has been tremendous. Um, so today we're going to talk a lot. We're going to talk a lot about as small businesses, what what is something out there that that can be done to sustain um, what for you can you continue to do to look for value to look for for opportunity because right now is not only an opportunity to to help people but it is an opportunity to also look for ways that you can improve your situation by maybe targeting some things that you haven't thought about i think we all need to be in this and no matter what situation we're in yes we are in this crazy everything's happening with covid and we're all at home but no matter what no matter what we're doing whether it's the perfect time for business the perfect time for this the perfect time for that there's never going to be a perfect time so why not choose now why not choose now to do it so before we get to that a uh, little challenge update i am on day 28 <laughs> 28 so i have 87 miles left to run over these next three days uh, had the luxury, I'll say, of not running in the rain yesterday, which was nice because I had been drenched like a wet dog for the few days before that. Um, it's funny, but I, I'm starting to either start to see illusions or I'm having a lot of people reach you know, honk at me and, and yell at me. Um, I've actually had a couple people see me in the street because I'm just running all over the place. I, I think I was in six to seven towns last night. Um, and part of the difficulty right now is just not only just, just getting it done, right? It's almost like I'm running on wooden legs at this point, but, but on the, the part of getting it done is just choosing where to run, um, keeping your mind at ease and your mind within everything that's happening is, is just part of it now. Uh, it's no longer, um, you know, my, my foot's pretty bruised. Uh, there's nothing I can do for that right now. So it's now just getting it done. <laughs> that's, that's the only level left is continuing to, to finish this race, but having some clarity when I'm running, that, that seems to be the hardest point right now. Well, I think at this point, it's all a mental game because yeah. we both know you can do it. It is like I am legend out there because I, I am running <laughs> on like vacant streets down the middle of like busier streets. I, I've had a possum run at me, raccoons jump up the other day. I was head on with deer. deer. <laughs> And it's like we're in the woods. So if this goes on too much longer, this this might uh, 
might prove interesting of, of the new animals that may surface around here. And I can only uh, imagine more, I guess, desolate uh, areas out there. So this, this could be interesting. Well, you got 87 more miles, 87 more miles of meeting up with crazy animals or what have you. Um, but so let's talk a little bit more about business. Awesome. And being a small business in right now and the things that we can do to up-level our businesses and up-level uh, what we're doing. Yeah, and so super excited. We actually have, I guess, Greg Dickerson that's going to come on. He's got, he's got a tremendous background across many different aspects of not only businesses, helping businesses find their uh, foot footing, I guess would be the wording mm -hmm. right there, and also real estate background. And I'm just excited to have him on today. Uh, we're going to have a talk track. Um, Greg's been a pivotal pivotal. Uh, person in our growth and and our our building here and it's just gonna be great to have him so we're gonna get him on here so hey greg you hear us i got you can you guys hear me we yes, sure we can, can. Yes. happy yeah. tuesday welcome yeah, happy to tuesday. Uh, our, you, you you have become our first guest on uh on the jason and peely second cup of coffee so it's exciting i'm glad that worked because we actually awesome man. Even you need my address for the uh coffee mug the official you know coffee mug that so greg you know we wanted to really focus today on small businesses right and not so much yet the the um the point of looking at at where opportunities might lie but small businesses out there that maybe haven't looked at their business a different way until this hit yeah. Do you have any suggestions or any any thought tracks or any ideas that maybe some businesses could could potentially look at just really sustain sustain when they really don't have an idea how long they need to sustain? Yeah, so you know this is bringing a lot of stuff home to roost here. So you know first and foremost, you want to drill down to the fundamentals and dig into your cash flow forecast. So what are your expenses, fixed costs, you know your controllables, your non-controllables, things like that, and you need to plan for probably another 18 months to potentially two years before you're back where anywhere near where you were. So understand that as areas open up and as the economy opens back up and people start getting back out, number one, your capacity to receive customers is going to be limited. Your expenses are going to go up in terms of how you deliver that product or service now um, due to, you know, the health precautions that you need to take and safety precautions you need to take. Um, so that's going to be a factor. So, you know, your revenue potential is going to be limited. So one of the things you want to look at is how, uh, you know, how are your revenues going to progress over the next, you know, six months, 12 months, and 18 months? And where, where are you right now? And can you sustain? <clears throat> so you need to have a real honest conversation with yourself and decide, is this business feasible at this rate, at this burn rate for the next, you know, six, 12 to 18 months? And, if not, you need to think really hard about that. Is it worth continuing and pursuing um, versus just pivot, do something different, and then maybe revisit again when we get to the other side of this? What we don't know right now is how long is this going to last? As we open up, is there going to be another flare-up, and are we going to end up getting shut down again? So you have to anticipate that's going to happen. As a prudent business owner, you have to need to plan and be prepared for the uh, potential that you're going to be shut back down again in the fall after we get opened up, you know, potentially winter with another outbreak and have to go through this again. So that's a real possibility. Keep that in your mind. Keep that prepared. Now, not being negative or pessimistic, I'm just saying as a prudent business owner, you need to be prepared and be ready for that. Take a look at what you have in your safety net right now. 
uh, and what it's going to take to get you through the next, you know, 6, 12, 18 months. And what are you going to do if you do get shut down again? So just be ready for those things as a small business owner. From a leasing standpoint, if you have a lease in a shopping center, uh, there's a co-leasing clause. Make sure you review your lease. If the shopping center loses more than 20%, uh, in some cases, 20% of their tenancy, or if a main anchor goes dark, um, that will give you the opportunity to renegotiate your lease and or uh, get out of that lease and change it to a non-binding month-to-month uh, non-recourse lease. So just make sure you understand your lease obligations and options. Make sure you understand your cash flows and your forecasting, what your burn rate is, what your break-even is and uh, what you're going to do in the event that you're only going to be able to maintain a break-even standpoint and or be a little bit underwater moving forward for the next, you know, at least 12 to 18 months before we see any kind of significant return to probably 80% of where you were before this started. So a small business, let's say at the restaurant, in, which could be interesting, like you said, 50-seat <clears throat> restaurant can now service only 20 Right. Right. Any any ideas of other <clears throat> ways that they could produce income to fill the gap or, or really close the gap potentially? You know, I think, uh, you know, obviously the, the curbside takeout, you know, things like that, your expenses are going to go up in terms of, you know, supplying safety equipment to your employees, you know, things like that. Um, uh, you know, the food chain, you know, the food service chain in terms of supplies and getting fresh food in, you know, that could be an issue here soon, especially on the meat. Mm -hmm. uh, with all the meat packers going out of business, we're hearing that the supply chain is gonna have some bottlenecks. So you gotta be prepared for that. So in terms of earning, you know, alternative income there, it's just off premises. You know, you might be able to get a temporary ABC on and off, you know, license so you can sell drinks to go, you know, things like that. So, I mean, that's really the only way in that business you can pivot right now. Um, if you're not doing family meal, packages you know you definitely want to look at doing that where you can offer you know family meals for a certain price that's easier to deliver than the one-off thing um and then if you're full service there's really not a whole lot you can do now one other thing you can do is you could create an online presence and uh you know maybe do some cooking classes you know things like that so if you're that type of a food service establishment uh, people love that kind of stuff right now you could create some you know culinary courses and do those types of things online um, and things like that to kind of help generate some revenue, you know, for people looking to take some classes. So, I mean, you're kind of limited in what you can really do. You're, you're relying on people to come in and or do takeout. So you've got to really capitalize on those things. Uh, yeah. If you can do some outdoor seating, people are going to be a lot more comfortable outside. So, you know, and they can spread out a little bit more. So if you have a, you know, the ability to add that, that'll help. Yeah. Being realistic, <clears throat> looking at really, is this the business you want to push forward on? Right. Cause sometimes, cutting your losses on, on even if it's not your fault, you're in this position is, is the best case scenario because the hole has become too great. Um, well, I was just thinking like how, what about like real estate in general? What are your feelings on the market where it might be going? Um, sort of what can us real estate professionals do to be prepared for anything that might happen? Yeah. So we've seen, you know, so far the market has been surprised by a, a high collection rate in April across the board for, you know, residential and multifamily and self-storage, you know, mobile home parks. So in the residential sector, we've done well. As far as office, retail, hospitality, they're, they're just taking a beating. Um, and there's no telling what that the future is going to look like for, for those properties. But for multifamily, for uh, mobile home parks, for residential, um, you know, those types of properties, um, 
you know, have done well, they they should continue to do well. You know, people have to live somewhere. People are getting good compensation for unemployment, so they should be able to keep up with their rent and keep you know keep that that those bills paid. So it'll be interesting to see what May collections look like, and then you know June as we get into the other side of this, and then again if there's a potential shutdown in the future, we know that the uh, unemployment compensation will be there. So I'm not worried about rent in the residential sector. The housing market is still pretty hot in most areas that it was hot before this happened. Uh, yeah. There's less inventory, so there's even more competition for properties. Uh, like family is going to do well, it's going to perform well. Other people are going to exit retail, hospitality, and office. They're going to look to redeploy a multifamily, so there could be even more pressure mm -hmm. on multifamily moving forward. So you want to watch for that. Uh, lending, you know, has changed. Uh, the CMBS market, you know, is all but non-existent. Very difficult, uh, expensive. Um, even the agency debt is getting more expensive, requiring, you know, additional reserves. So you got to be smart about your underwriting and make sure that you account for those things. But that'll change, you know, once we get through this and, and get out on the other side, it'll, it'll kind of get back to where it was. But uh, so housing, multifamily, you know, residential, self-storage, those are great spaces. Industrial still doing well. All the other side, retail office and hospitality, I'd stay away from that. Yeah, Greg, we always love your feedback. We appreciate your guidance. Thank you for everything here. Uh, what's the best way for people to learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, gregdickerson.com is my website. Uh, YouTube podcast is on there. So gregdickerson.com. Awesome. Greg, thank you so much. Thank Good you. Talking yeah, to you. great to be here. First guest on. Take care. See you later. All right. So, of course, Greg Dickerson, he, he, he's done a lot. And, and of course, he, he's been through cycles, comes back. Um, real, I mean, of course, real estate background, restaurant background, construction background. But you're really looking at opportunities, looking at different ways that you can really find your new way. And you can only start with today. What's happened here with COVID, of course, <clears throat> it's not ideal. There's not many people who are looking at this and saying this is, is best case scenario across the board. But what can you do right now? And what can you control? Um, and with that thought, we, we have our next guest, Todd Dexheimer, coming on. And uh, Ty and I have been friends forever. He's on 75 hard. He's, he's a big runner. Uh, he is up in Minnesota. They, they have a lot going on. He's got a great background in real estate. Super excited to have him. So, hey, Todd, how you doing? Hey, Todd. Oh, you You're hear me? On. <laughs> there you go. There Yay. we go. Good. We, we, we have broken the... Uh, the, the new platform we're trying out here. So we've made it, man. How you doing? How long have you guys been uh, talking to me? Because I haven't been oh, like looking at you. Oh, no, good. we just we just pulled two you on literally two seconds. So. Good, good, good. <laughs> good so good, man. Welcome to the second cup of coffee. You are the official second guest on the show because we figured out the, how to do that. So yes. as time changes and moves, man. Um, but give us a quick re recap who you are, what you do, where you are. I gave a little run through here, but I, I, I probably missed couple things. Oh, man. Uh, well, the, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, I'm a multifamily value-add syndicator, uh, just like you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, always looking for real estate opportunity. I should call myself more of a real estate uh, value-add syndicator. Yeah. Um, I've got a podcast called Pillars of Wealth Creation. Also do uh, multifamily coaching. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's mainly what I got. You know, I'm going to ask you a question that you, you probably haven't been asked yet. Interesting enough. You're, you're going to have this great conference coming up, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, like, like all conferences has been parlayed. Um, yeah. noting that conferences, I mean, just with social distancing and insurance, everything, I wouldn't want to be the person who puts on the first conference, right? So this might be months of not putting this back. 
How, yeah. how is your, because it was a great conference. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was a great group that came out. There's more benefit to get there. What's been your aptitude to try and change that to a, um, it's just really just to be an online conference? You know, um, I'm hesitant just to do an online conference uh, because that's not really the main point of the conference. But the main point of the conference is really that networking, getting to know people, uh, meeting people face to face and um, you know, the, the content that's provided is excellent as well, but I think a big part of it is that networking. And I think that you miss a lot of that with virtual conferences. Um, so I've thought a little bit about it. I, and ultimately at this point in time, at least I've decided not to move forward with the, uh, virtual. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's interesting, right? Because you can't get away from that that environment of having having a one on one presentation or having a presenter in the room, just the energy and just the vibe. And so many times with the conferences, you, you find that the best part of the conferences is all the new connections you make, and that that does get lost in the room. And I've seen people try and push that. Um, we're, we're in similar spaces with the multifamily. You know, we 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 look at targeted assets, and I, and it's been great to see collections strong with April for some landlords out there that are really still trying to find their footing you want to talk about some of the approaches you've used across your properties uh to really help tenants well i think one number one is we've been very clear with communication and at least i believe that's important i know i've heard some people say ah we just went along business as usual we didn't say anything to the tenants and i actually heard one person say that uh they said that back in you know March that they weren't, they didn't send any letters. They didn't do anything. And then just like a few days ago, they were ranting on one of their tenants that is, you know, sent them a letter stating that they're no longer going to pay rent. And I thought, well, but you didn't communicate with your tenants. So now they're communicating with you. Yeah. And now they are calling the shots instead of you kind of nipping it in the bud and, doing it the right way. Uh, so for, for me, it was just clear communication. It was, Hey, we're going to work with you. Uh, we're not here to be your enemy. We want to work with you. We understand the circumstances are what they are. And, and that no, we're all in this, right. And, and nobody's enjoying what is going on. Nobody was looking forward to this. And so we're all in this together. We're here to work with you. Uh, and then we provide a ton of resources. We provided them all the resources they could get, uh, how they could get unemployment, how they could get any rental help, all that kind of stuff. Uh, And then we, on some of our properties that we thought was necessary, we provided a discount if they paid the rent info on time. And then all properties, we we took late fees off, um, Mm -hmm. you know, if they paid the rent. now, some people, we've got a few tenants just, just haven't paid their rent yet. Uh, not many, uh, luckily, but we've got a few. And they've got late fees that are still on there. Now, if they do pay their rent, we're just going to pop those late fees off. Yeah. That's, I mean, you've made so many great points there. And I, if I remember correctly from looking at a Facebook post of yours, didn't you like tie a piece <laughs> of string around a wrapped toilet paper and hang it on each of your tenants' doors like that? That is taking care of your tenants. That is making sure that your tenants and that your tenants know that you're taking care of them. Whereas before, you, you know, the gentleman that you were talking about that wasn't taking care of the tenants, but that wasn't communicating with your tenants, 
I mean, that was like the exact opposite of what you should have done. So kudos to you for giving your tennis toilet paper. Yeah, well, and, it, you know, my, my hindsight is amazing, right? And they're doing a great job and they're there for the tenants, which is super important. And and they were the ones that, of course, went along. For every single door, we bought enough toilet paper for uh, two yeah. apartments and uh, went on every single door and hung one roll of toilet paper. And uh, probably if you did that six months ago, they would have been like, what the heck? <laughs> terrible gift, but... Yeah. You know, now they're like, oh, how thoughtful. You know, and the communication part's been key, right? Because yeah. the one thing that stands out here is that, you know, when we were been going back and forth just discussing with tenants, one of the things that came up that we would have never thought of is that they were having trouble getting online because they didn't have the access to get online to even qualify, you know, to put in for unemployment or all these other things. And that, I, you know, if we weren't active with the tenants, it's not like they weren't trying, they just didn't have the ability to do so. And so noting that then we, you know, they were allowed to go into the leasing office, use some of the computers there and, you know, set it up so that you could keep social distancing. But that's just something we just, I, I wouldn't have thought of, you know, going into that if, if we weren't asking the question. Yeah, because sometimes we just take what we have for granted, right? Yeah. Like, well, everybody's got a computer, right? I mean, it's 2000, it's 2020, like everybody, yeah. of course. Well, no, they don't, not of course. How is your, how is your investing landscape uh, changed over these last few weeks? Uh, what, what are you doing now that's different than what you're doing before? Well, uh, I mean, quite a quite a bit different, quite a bit the same. Uh, yeah. A lot of right now is just kind of trying to focus on the business, right? Building the business, focus on the current assets we have, try to make sure our current assets are running the way they should be. Figuring, okay, what do we do to shift it? If we need to make some changes, what do we do to make those changes? You know, so a lot of focus right now asset management, uh, a lot of focus on building systems, trying to figure, okay, what can I tweak to, to make a little bit better? Uh, how can I make my presence out there on the, you know, on the Facebook and you know, at my podcast and all that kind of stuff a little bit better? Uh, what's changed is I'm not underwriting many deals. I mean, there's just yeah. not a lot of deals out there. And quite frankly, uh, you got to wonder, okay, is this really even a deal? We don't really know how this is shaking out. So even the deals that you're seeing, you're going, uh, you know, is it, you know, how do I underwrite this exactly? So we're just not, I think that's the biggest thing that's changed is the deal flow. Everything yeah. else for the most part is stay the same. The conversations with brokers are different, but we're still having conversations with brokers. And we've had some really good conversations with brokers. Uh, I feel like some people, uh, my guess is they're, they're having less conversations right now. So the people that are actually calling them are the people that are going to stand out right now. Yeah, it's, it's a great time to be continuing to work on your brand, right? It's not time to be disappearing, waiting for them to go over because you're going to get wiped out when it comes back in. So yeah. love it as always, Todd. Todd, what's the best way for people to find your Pillars of Wealth podcast? Where else should investors connect? Yeah, uh, anybody can go to my website, Venture D properties.com venturedeproperties.com they can uh, visit there i've got the free kind of little ebook on uh, on real estate and they can check that out and i can be there too it's love it done. thanks todd good seeing you man yeah take care both of you talk to you tomorrow and the kids <laughs> and the kids <laughs> thanks, all right man. see you later all right so there you have it two great people very active, very knowledgeable in what they're doing. Greg Dickerson and Todd Dexheimer uh, do a lot in the real estate space, and they are still continuing to monitor what's happening on a day-to-day, -day, continuing to look at opportunities, and, but really just 
changing their approach, making sure the communication is just top notch, making sure that they're really just being truthful in the scenario. So you can be on the ball. So when things do change over or do reopen that you're not then getting going because sometimes it sounds like a good idea, but when you are waiting for something to happen, there's 10 other people doing. And I want to pinpoint on something that Todd talked about. It's all, it's all about communications. Even if you're not looking to buy at this moment, which I completely agree with Todd, then you still need to have those, you still need to communicate with the brokers in your life, with the property managers in your life, with everybody that you were communicating with before. And if you weren't, then you should be communicate, communicate, communicate. If even if you don't underwrite any properties for the next like three to six months, which I think you should still be underwriting because you need to keep that practice up, especially for your, for you new investors, you need to keep the practice up and keep the conversation going. A great golden nugget that I'm going to leave for you is to go on to people that you want to talk to. So for instance, if you don't know Jason and I, leave us a comment, start looking at our stuff, start commenting on our stuff. If you want to start talking to Gary V or uh, I don't know, some other big real estate person, go on their pages, go to their social media and start having conversations with them via their links, via their, the content that they put up and start interacting with them. And they'll start seeing that you really truly mean business and that they'll start having conversations with you and start adding value to your life. Love it. Love it. So Jason and Peely, second cup of coffee. Uh, hey, Amanda, thanks for watching. Thanks for all of you guys watching out there. Again, uh, if you like what you hear, go over to YouTube, subscribe, get us some ratings and review. Uh, you have questions or comments for some of the guests that are coming on, uh, go ahead, send us an email, send us a message, put us up a comment here. Love to have more. Have a great day. Bye now. Join us for your second cup of coffee every Monday through Friday at noon. Live every day bringing us our best content we've done so far. Super excited, super engaging, bunch of great guests. We're here to answer your questions and we so appreciate you listening. Make sure to check this out. Can't wait to see you.